Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. appropriate to talk about what a man does with his pants so i'm not going to talk about this anymore i think ultimately in the end it doesn't matter where his pants are no i agree because all that we usually always see him from the waist up so we're never going to see anything down below do you think he it's kind of like um oh what what else what else do you see from the waist up like muppets do you think he's like a muppet do you think the foundation actually has a big robotic hand up michael michael the muppet like, what would his? What would his? Would he have a last name? Like, would it be like a like a Kermit the Frog? Like Michael the Michael the Knight? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Michael the Knight. Michael the Knight. That seems like Michael the Long. Yeah, it sounds like one of those like a knight's name. <laughs> like I am Michael the Long from Kingdom Foundation. <laughs> Michael the Long. Michael the Long. It's a knight name, it, robotically controlled by the foundations. Autonomous arm. Do you think Kit's foundation? Kit's foundation. Do you think Kit's controlling him? Do you think that the shots of Michael driving Kit are actually he doesn't have legs? <laughs> He's just integrated into Kit. Like I, the legs are in the trunk. I think we've already made this reference before, but you think it's sort of like a Hamakavula thing? He's <laughs> just like he gets on this little like spider. <laughs> spider. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, we've already used that reference in the ep- in the series before. So I'm mm. not going to use it again, even though I just did. It's terrible. What do you think Michael reads? What kind of books do you think he reads? We never see him actually like indulging in a book because you know you know that like Devin is into like the the Tolstoy's, the War and Peace, mm. like that stuff. He loves the epics. Do you think Michael is more of like the trashy romance novel? I think totally. I think Michael would love trashy romance novels, but. He would only buy them based on the cover, yes, and wouldn't actually read them. <laughs> it's just so, like, he buys them like he's at an airport, he's waiting to fly someplace, and he buys them, but he doesn't read it. He just kind of flips through, yes, and looks at like where it was printed, kind of smells the pages. His most prized possession is the one um, that I like to call "Night in the Buff." <laughs> K-N-I-G-H-T. Of course, Knight in it's the Buff. Just, it's on the cover. It's a picture of a guy with a knight helmet on, but he's completely nude from the, from the neck and there's down. And there's a lot of black silk. Knight in the Buff. Knight in the Buff. He tries to read the first page, and he just starts. He just he can't get through it. He can't get through it. Because he's illegitimate, and he can't read. So. Well, he can... Michael can read. Oh, you I, don't, mostly. You, okay, well... I mean, he doesn't... He can read schematics, mostly. <laughs> For the most part. For the most part. It's like schematics are like a picture book. Okay. You know, yeah, I'll give him that. When he turned Kit into a, what, a pulse jet or a ram jet, pulse jet? Was it a ram jet? No, it was a ram jet. Was it a ram jet? Yeah, when the okay. car flipped, Goliath, he flipped over, the car yeah. flipped over on him. And Michael read the manual, but I think, what we were talking about this, how he read it because it's all symbols. Yes. He didn't actually have to read it. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, I think Michael is literate, definitely, but he chooses not to read <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Do you think he just has a collection of covers out of romance novels? He goes to the bookstores with his exacto knife and just slices the covers off and takes them <laughs> home. He's got a big one room just collaged oh. of romance novels. I mean, th- that's I don't know. I kind of uh, like that. Ooh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Hey, guess what? What? Welcome to Champ and Klein, the Night Rider years. It's a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host. Greg Klein. I think that might have been our longest cold open. <laughs> that was almost five minutes. Oh, there's nothing cold about that there one, David. Absolutely nothing cold about that. Greg, it's been two weeks. Hmm. What do we got to catch up on? 
Well, we, we've been aging horribly, apparently. Uh, yes, you guys have probably seen our photo of what happened to Greg and I. That is actually what we look like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the summer has taken its toll. I think it's funny, though, that since we both are like, you know, we take... We sing regularly, and we have you know we have great voices. Oh yeah, they still sound the same. Mm-hmm. We keep our we keep our vocal cords in check and fit warm and in, in, in tight. We keep them warm. Yes, I drink a lot of a lot of green tea. I drink a lot of bubble tea. I hate that stuff. I've never actually had bubble it's, tea. Why? <laughs> why would you put starch balls in your drink? I, to make you feel starchy? That is so stupid. It is. I I don't know what it tastes like. I hate and I it. Have no intentions of ever tasting bubble tea. I've had it once and it was miserable. It was miserable. I didn't like it. All right. Well, what else have you been doing for the last two weeks? I've been. I know what something we have been doing, which we can either get into now or we can wait a little. Well, d- d- we've been texting each other as we do. We tend to Dave and I tend to text random things as most people do but sure. I think ours might be a little bit, you know, more more odd, uh, more strange. So do, let's just say okay, so we are recording this on the night of July 17th. So Greg and I we obviously we go about 2 weeks between seeing each other for the summer. So I decided to just text Greg and just kind of just kind of frig with him a little bit and just kind of text him some random stuff. So on Monday, July eighth at four forty p.m., I texted him the words "Luis Guzman," <laughs> and and I responded um, about an hour later. I said, "Was he a character in last week's episode?" Then I responded, "Rosie Perez," <laughs> and in kind I said, "Dick Van Patten." Then I responded with "Hi." <laughs> Likewise, I responded with Robert E. Lee. So those are real people. Okay, we were just naming off real people back and forth for for a few threads back and forth. Then it sort of took a turn, and we started just making up names. Started off as most of them were fairly common names, just in interesting positions as we as we put them on the text thread. So this continued from Monday, July eighth to Friday, July twelfth. Four straight days of texting this back and forth. We did not break the conversation, no matter how much we wanted to. I had things I needed to tell Greg, but I did not want to break this thread. Desperately did not want to break the thread. So, without further ado, we are just going to read back and forth who wrote what and what names. Do we want to read them all? There are a few that maybe took a little uh, took a little turn. M- maybe we can edit a little a little bit of them as, as we see okay. as we see. Fit. All right. So, Gregory, you mm. are in gray. And I am in green, so I'm going to start with what you just left off on. So okay. you said... <clears throat> Robert E. Lee. Ulysses S. Mustard. Hamster Potato Face the Third. Ron Fuck. <laughs> McDiddle's Milf Farmer. Shunty McDoodle Tits. <laughs> We're not going to get through this. <laughs> Rivers Von Cum. Reese's McTiddle Bitch. Susie Thunder. Okay. Ravishing Rick Thunderdick. (laughs) Henry Horsecock. Manny Ripturd. Patty Pinksock. Robert Dinksong. (laughs) Gleber Twatcleft. Norma Glasscock. (laughs) Tipper Sandwinky. Greg Idiot Fuckface Klein. David Cockmouth Champ Sucky. <laughs> Reginald McFundle's Cockpot. <laughs> Devin Dick Drill Sandwich. Oh no, I didn't even forgot about this one. April Tender Snatch. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Bartholomew Fuckhard. Dr. Thelonious Beef Nugget. <laughs> Bradshaw Orgasma Finger. Ricky Dick Finger Licker. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Slips on Cum Yum Yum. Tiffany Tit Farmer. John Rod Stiff Hammer. (laughs) Rachel McPoonhorn. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Leslie Lint Licker McFoo. T- tinkle Baby Tink. 
don't get any of this word. We... Oh, it's fine. Okay. Adam Applefuck. Eustace Taco Neck. <laughs> <laughs> Grub tits avocado butt. <laughs> then I and I took it back a step and I went, Alan Fogarty. <laughs> and I didn't. No, you did not. Brick Staff Straw Stuffer. Justice Hogwater. Raymond Sandpounder. Tippy Dinkleman. Augustus Pickle Farmer. Ruth Harmony Fing Stuffer. <laughs> Bethany Blastbutt Gorhodge Mini. Christopher Von Tickleshits. Richard Blastballs Trotter Shots. Ronald Dick Farmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Pistol Shits. Randy Macho Ass Grundleman. <laughs> and then I texted Greg a meme of the character Animal from the Muppets that says, Did it hurt? When you fell out of someone's ass into the toilet, you piece of shit. And I respond with, Hamish Thistle Blast of Yorktown Fudge Nubbin. Roger Booger Blast of Mufftown Turkey Neck. Horace Hoffnocker of Dwizzled Pistling Tin Ship. Reginald Poofta. Baffy Fuck Duck. And then it stopped. It stopped until the end. We we actually had a conversation. We had a conversation, conversation for a while. Talked about some stuff. Talked about some great things. Uh, then I responded yesterday at six twenty five. Uncle Rimple shits. Uh, Biffy whack dumpling. Horatio Spankbottom. Jeffrey fidget bidgets. Then I sent Greg a picture of old Dave. A few more conversations. Then you wrote today uh, at eleven forty five. I don't know. I lost it. You lost it. Would you like me to read it? Yeah. You wrote Master Fudgy McPustulator. <laughs> I wrote Thomas Titbag. And then you finished us out with Dr. Lacey Pine Grabber Urine Stain. And then we just went on to a regular conversation and I bought Greg a nice coffee. Um, so that happened. <laughs> so I imagine now that our listenership for real will go down to zero. Oh, yeah. No, no one's going to listen after this because we just did that for, we just read four days of texts between us. And that's, that's bad. <laughs> Things got real bad there, guys, for a little so, while. So here at Champ and Klein, we are purveyors of great content. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'll give you that. For those of you who are hoping you were going to hear the latest episode of ALF, you got this. <laughs> because we missed last week's episode of ALF, unfortunately. Oh. Lucy was feeling under the weather, mm. and she did not want to record. I love, okay. I love confusing everybody. I do, too. So that's okay. But that's... Um, that's a little glimpse into our life. Oh, God, I'm crying so hard. That was really bad. I may I have feel, to take a breather after we, after we finish this conversation uh. before we get into the episode. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about. Mm. So Greg and I had the opportunity to uh, guest on another podcast. We did. A uh, friend of the show, Bill, from the Atari Bytes podcast, had actually asked us if we wanted to be a part of his show. And we obviously said absolutely. So Greg and I offered up a story. So the idea behind Bill's podcast is that he talks about an Atari game, he you know, he reads the manual, he plays a little bit of the game, and then he writes an original story based on the game. Mm. So we told Bill that we'd be happy to write a story for him. So he gave us the game, which I will not spoil for you. In fact, as of this release, so we're this is on Sunday, uh, it is not the episode that so Bill releases on Sundays as well. The episode that's releasing the same day as this one, it's not the episode that we're going to be a part of. That was, I really did not follow that. Anyway, I would still highly recommend you all listen to Atari Bytes. It is a fantastic podcast. Bill is a wonderful person. We love having him on the show. We've had him on once. He will be back. I believe he has all but confirmed his involvement in season three. Oh. Season three premiere, at the very least. Oh. So anyway, yeah. So Greg and I, rather than write a story, we did a full dramatization of a story involving... Do we want to spoil any of it, or do we want to have our listeners go over there? Go over there and listen to Bill's podcast. So we'll give you guys a heads up when it's coming. Um, but in the meantime, I do highly suggest you guys listen to... Uh, the Atari Bytes podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. It is. It's quite interesting. Very I enjoy fun. listening to that. And Bill, I, I always enjoy our conversations we have on Twitter, which is always me, by the way. Yeah, I, 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 I'll talk on Instagram, but I, I kind of shun everything else. Yeah. So I just anytime like you're talking to somebody on Twitter, it's me, and it will always be me. And it will always be me on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. It's usually... It's most of the time, actually, Greg. You took most of the reins on Instagram. I, that, which that's is my fine. jam. And if if you'll usually get weird, obscure responses, and that's okay. I I appreciate that. 
Um, Craig, is there anything else we want to talk about before we jump into tonight's episode? Should we send, set up another round of apologies for the uh, previous bit? I Yeah, guys, we're, I mean, are we sorry? Nah. I'm not really sorry about it because that's who we are and that's who we've been for the last 15 years. I think you and I should get an apartment together. Why don't you, uh, just sit this one out next round there, champ. Just okay. stop talking for a little while. And Mr. Smell. And Mr. Musk. We watched that the other night. I love that movie so much. It's delicious. Oh, that reminds me. I found one of those I found one of those Diamond in the Rough movies that we've been looking for forever. The Diamond in the Rough. So my favorite place, Goodwill by the Pound. Mm. Amongst a slew of just like loose DVDs, I found one of my and Greg's favorite movies that we used to watch together in college all the time, Run Ronnie Run with David Cross and Bob uh, Odenkirk. Bob 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 Odenkirk. Boop Boop Odenkirk. It is one of the, f- to me, and I know that they're not fans of the movie or the final cut, mm. but I love this movie so yeah. much. And I found it sitting in the wild, just like laying in one of the bins at Goodwill by the Pound. So now my next goal is to find an empty case with the DVD cover. Oh, that's. Because I need to find that. And I've had it happen before where I found loose DVDs and then weeks later I'll go there and just like find the empty DVD case that that's somebody. That's great. And the whole thing plays. Oh, yeah. That's I watched. Amazing. Almost an hour of it, and it's an 86-minute movie, and it ran. Okay. It ran fine. But the last, like, 15 minutes is all shit. It'll probably end up being all shit, yeah. Which is, like, okay. the, which is the peak. I mean, is it is is the, first, is the last 25 minutes, does Mandy Patinkin factor in there, or is he in the no, first hour? No, he's in the middle. Okay, yeah. so that's all I care about. He's in the, in the beginning. You're brutalizing me. Can't a man not drink his beer in silence? This is shit! <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, if those of you who have not seen that movie, Run, Ronnie, Run, it's kind of tough to find. It's very hard to find. So uh, if you get lucky and find it, I highly recommend you watch it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. I do not believe your local library would carry a movie like this. Definitely not. And actually might be easier to find on VHS, like in a, in a yeah. list somewhere. Oh, I've absolutely. seen it here and there. It's still hard to find. Much like Freddy Got Fingered is difficult to find. Uh, Speaking of Freddy Got Fingered, I know we were going to go into the episode, but we need to say a rest in peace to Mr. Rip Torn, who passed away this week at the age of, I believe, 89. Awesome, Rip. Good, the man lived a good life. He did. He had a hell of a resume. I mean, to me, he will always be Gord's father. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he Patches O'Hulahan as well? Yes, in yeah. Dodgeball. If you can dodge so, a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Excellent impression. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're, think- we're remembering this actor and we're remembering these two, these two specific roles. Oh. That are not like necessarily. I mean, the man groundbreaking. The man's got a fifty-plus year r- resume. Yeah, he's just one, he was one of the best. Like I would consider him a very like a, a like a character actor. He was always yeah. just like he was always a that guy. <clears throat> like I loved him in Men in Black. Oh right, he played the he played the head of the Men in Black headquarters. I forgot about that. So right. that was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, proud, proud, proud. <laughs> Let's soap on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, rest in peace, Rip Torn. We love you. We miss you. We'd love to see you in an episode of Night Rider coming up here. Oh but my god, we'll that see. Be great? If, we'll see if you show up. Anyway, Greg, you want to uh, you want to get into tonight's episode? I think we owe it to everybody to just shut up and get on. All with right, it. let's do it, guys. It is season two, episode fourteen. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. Do you believe that it is true, Greg, that diamonds aren't a girl's best friend? I don't. I mean, in the 80s, I think they were. I mean, this is quite a this of all the episodes we've watched so far of the show. I feel like this title has been the most literal because it is quite literally. That is almost a focal point, not really the focal point, but like you learn that diamonds in this episode are really not a girl's best friend. Like yeah. it is quite literal throughout the course of this episode. I guess so. Yeah, I, sure. I don't know. Do you even care? I d- no. Okay, that's all right. So once again, I did not take notes. I found it to be much more enjoyable based yeah. on the synopses that I find online, and I've just been I write down a few notes here and there. So I thought last week or two weeks ago, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it flowed super super well. So I'm hoping to. Um, replicate that 
please do. So, of course, as is the Knight Rider way, uh, there's a swanky party. Oh my god, it was an, a swanky 80s party at a mansion. Total swank. With big cars and big hair and big shoulder pads. Big br- Nope. Nope. Mm- not gonna do it. That's okay. It was, it, yeah, swanky party, and then like the host of the party is like talking up, and like it's like a circle around him of people listening to his like old man tales. Yeah, he, you can tell he's like the grand poobah. Yeah, he's spinning some yarns, and everyone's just like, oh, oh, Mitchell. Oh, 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 oh no, yes. his, his last name Bernie. His name is Bernie. It's Bernie. We learn a little bit more about Bernie as the episode goes on, but the 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 focal point of this party is on two women uh, named Rachel and Lauren. Mm. And it doesn't last very long in the party before Lauren has decided that Rachel has decided she's going to go home and Lauren drives her, Mm -hmm. drops her off at her apartment to the loudest walk from the car to her door I have ever heard. It's almost like she was wearing tap shoes. It's like, like, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's. 80s high heels. That's it. Yes. That's exactly what they were. Back when they were made out of like horse pectin. Horse pectin? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. They're they're like hooves. So that's the last we see of Rachel because she goes into her apartment and is immediately attacked by an unnamed assailant. Yes, and we it happens really fast, and we assume we assume that she's dead. Right. We do eventually get word that she has died, and there is the the rumor is is that she committed suicide. Right. Pills and all this. There stuff. was no sign of forced entry into her apartment. Not no sign of a struggle. Right. And the, yes, that's right. And they found the, the bottle of sleeping pills. And, and Lauren makes the case to Michael a little bit later in the episode. Well, she's had those for years. Like, those yeah. have been there forever. Like, mm-hmm. she's not going to overdose on those. Um, so it's it's an apparent suicide, do we say, or, or so we think it is. Um, Lauren believes that she was murdered. Mm-hmm. And she contacts the foundation for help. Which but, we don't see. It just happens. We don't see that because we cut to Michael and Kit driving. And Michael and Kit are talking about fashion trends and how Kit hates the recent fashion trends. Well, he, he's basically like, Mike. <laughs> Kit asks Michael, where are we going or what's the point of shopping? And, and Michael says, well, you know, we're going to a photo shoot where they're, tr- you know, they're going to be showing next spring's new fashion. Right. And Kit's like, well, what's wrong with this spring's fashion? Yes. Like, well, well, Kit, you know, people need to change and they like new lines. They like different things. Just imagine if Detroit was, com- you know, happy with the way things were, you'd still be a Model T. <laughs> well, and I think some silly thing. I think Kit's worried about being replaced. You think he's, I think he's got a, this deep-seated neuroses underneath? Well, yes, because we find a lot of anxiety from Kit in this episode, so clearly he has, he's got this level of anxiety that we haven't seen before. I wonder if he's nervous that with all these changing trends and all this, like, is he going to be replaced? Is he going huh. to be replaced by a better car? Will there eventually be a better car? But in, in the end, it doesn't matter because you can just put Kit in a new vehicle. Exactly. And Kit should know that, Kit. You would think Kit knows that. I want to talk a little bit about Kit's anxiety, but we'll get there because that's more close. That's more nearing the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So Michael just like shows up at a train yard. Well, it's like a museum. Is it a museum? Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a railroad museum that they're doing this photo shoot at. So the photo shoot is for clothing. Yes. So whose idea was it to shoot in a It's tra- fashion, David. In a train museum. It's fashion. Which... It- doesn't matter. If anyone has listened to us for long enough over the last three years, we everyone knows Greg's obsessed with trains. I love it. So this episode immediately shot up at least a point and a half for Greg. Definitely, just for being Because you see Michael like walk through the back of a train. He goes up one end and comes in and just mm-hmm. like leans against the side, and he's like waving. And It's like, hi. So at this point, we have no idea what has transpired. He shows up at this photo shoot, and one of the women, who's it's Lauren, mm-hmm. the photo shoot finishes, and they take a break, and she walks over to Michael... And they just start making out. Oh, hard. Like, she goes right in, grabs his face, and goes right in for this makeout. And we find out that she kind of gives the exposition that she was the one who called the foundation for help. And she was the one who asked for this support. So she basically tells Michael to pose as the boyfriend to avoid mm-hmm. any suspicion while he is investigating Rachel's murder. Exactly. Then we meet the producer, mm-hmm. who I actually loved. She was good. Because I, she Lauren was subpar 
for me, performance-wise. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the greatest I'd seen. But this woman, just the barbs that she shot back and forth with Michael, mm-hmm. she had some really great zingers there with Michael. There was some good dueling. Verbal, yes. They were like, that they, was, yes. They, she knew right off the bat there's something funny about him and very skeptical. But also, here's this random guy that just shows up on a photo shoot, her shoot, and she's like, you know, we don't like boyfriends coming here because the girls lose their focus. Right. So she's like, uh-huh. And she's you, saying it through, like, gritted, like, this perma-smile. And Michael says, great. oh, well, we don't want that. And she's like, no, we don't. I just think she was great because she yeah. was just putting it right back at Michael. It was right. awesome. Because, like, yeah, I'd be pissed, too. This random dude shows up and just, like, crashes a photo shoot. My, my model, who I'm paying, starts making out and getting, you know, all sloppy. Right. Her hair's getting all messed up. Right. Well, Michael doesn't get into the touching yet. He doesn't touch her at this oh my point. God, Michael does a lot of touching. He does. So at one point, Lauren mentions that uh, Rachel had a boyfriend mm. named Chris, mm-hmm. who I, if I recall, I don't think we actually ever see him alive. We do. He's the one she's talking to in the party in the beginning. Is she? Yeah. It must have been a quick. Yeah, it was very quick. Okay. And he was not very interesting. He's, you know, basically she was wanting to say just a little while longer. He's, But he's like, no, I want to move. Let's get out of here. Let's right. do this now. What are we waiting for? Right. And so oh, they're, that's they're right. having a little tiff between And each that's other. what prompts Rachel to go home and get murdered. Right. Um, so Michael decides that, all right, well, I guess this is a pretty good starting off point. So he goes to check out Chris's apartment. And while he's there, the phone rings. And he does this amazing, like, spit take. Like, he's yeah, wa- <laughs> he walks past the phone and it rings. And it's the most over, like, I don't even know. Like, he just overemphasizes this Whoa! startling, like, Whoa! Like, phone on the wall <laughs> ringing. What? A phone just rang. It was I've great. never heard that before. But of course he answers it. He, of course he picks up the phone and he gets this really deep voice. Hello. <laughs> and this other guy on the other end with an accent was like, hello, I am looking for Chris. And he goes, speaking. Speaking. And so this guy, there's like some jargon about jewelry coming in from Switzerland. And mm-hmm. we find out a little bit later that Chris was like a, a uh, Michael refers to Chris as a rock hound. Like he was very much into like collecting these things and he, he wanted wanted this jewelry and so there was this whole thing about this jewelry coming in that they think chris might be interested in Mm -hmm. and so michael hangs up the phone and as this kit has traced the call to somewhere in switzerland okay perfect i'm (laughs) like wow they're gonna go to switzerland that's what i thought they were headed i mean i have to say like compared to macgyver this is a very you know u.s centric show everything takes place in California, I guess. <laughs> and most of the Midwest. Oh, yeah, and maybe Louisiana. Yeah, I'd say Midwest. I think, I'd say the Bayou might have been the furthest east yeah. they've ever gone over the course of the, what, season and a half? Yeah. A little over a season and a half. So, does he go back to Lauren's apartment? So, I got confused about the apartments because they look yeah. so fucking similar. They look similar, but the entrance, yeah, it was confusing. Yeah, it was very confusing. I think because there were like three places, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So he goes back to an apartment. I imagine it's Lauren's apartment, and it's been completely ransacked. With her. He goes back with her. That's right. And the place it, is torn apart. This apartment has been completely ransacked. So he decides to go back to Chris's apartment, mm-hmm. only to find out that between when they were at Lauren's apartment and Chris's, Chris has come home and been murdered. Of course. Um, there's also some bullshit with this woman walking a dog in front of the apartment. Uh-huh. Who is just like blown away by the fact that a car is talking to her? Well, it, no, Michael's talking to, to Kit, and Kit's responding. That's and right. The woman's just there walking her dog, and she's just like, and she's like, "Oh, have, can you believe it? Can you believe that somebody is talking to something like that? I can't." Be-. And she's like, "The whole joke is that like Michael's talking to something that shouldn't be talking back, and while she's talking to the dog, yeah, like that was the joke, and it was really stupid. She was very, she was <laughs> like the um, she was like the gardener in that one episode. I forget. Oh yes, the gardener who kept like." trimming stuff trimming stuff and he'd yeah. fall off the ladder and he'd exactly. get stuck in the tree that's what this was right that's exactly what this was yeah so i don't know it was unneeded comic relief because yes. it's kind of weak so he gets back to the apartment and sees that chris has been murdered and kit once again late to the game michael i believe there's somebody whack this guy like chudo chops michael in the neck and runs Karate chop. yeah and then and then runs down the stairs and who? then michael like follows him we recognize as the guy who attacked rachel at the beginning of the episode this is we're we're you know just as confused as everyone else is like all these little things happening yeah but i recognized his mustache of course we did because mustaches are thriving in this show oh the murderer's mustache oh that's a good children's book the murderous mustache you know like um like a, i don't know like a young adult reader the murderer's mustache. Oh, the murderer. I thought you said the murderous mustache. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like about a mustache that gets a mind of its own. 
comes off a guy's face at night and just attacks people. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I don't know how it works, but that's okay. It's fine. Um, So we get a chase sequence, and I said to Greg, I think I've said this a couple times, there's show... If you took out all the chase sequences and all the shots of, like, these exterior shots of Kit driving, you'd cut an episode from 48 to maybe 30 minutes. I know. It's like 18 minutes, like, at least, like, usually 12, 15, sometimes more minutes of just, like, mm-hmm. exterior driving, chase sequences, and mm-hmm. Michael talking to Kit. And about- we're starting to see, or I'm starting to at least recognize locations, like, yes. as far as, like, alleyways that they're driving down, various other things. I'm noticing inconsistencies in the background, like, hey, wait a minute, it's winter. Oh, now it's spring again. Oh, like- yeah, they're definitely recycling footage from other par- from other seasons. Exactly. Apps. Oh, 100%. Um, so, yeah, so there's a chase sequence. He loses the guy because a moving truck backs up and blocks him. Oh, there you go. Of course it does. It's like, you know, and again, the same chase sequences through the same neighborhoods that we see every single time. So then we go back to the foundation. And I want to comment on Devin <laughs> at, the, at the end of this scene. Mm. So the idea we find out here is that, um, you know, Devin kind of explains it outright and says, oh, of course, this is how it works. A beautiful model brings jewelry into the country only to have it stolen by so-and-so. But they have to prove who it is. They have a f- suspicion that what's happening is that when these models are coming back into the country, mm-hmm. Bernie is actually taking the real diamonds and swapping them for fake diamonds so that he can then kind of like sell them for cash. Yeah. Well, and- I think it's, it's it's the other way. So he's he's giving the models the costume jewelry from the photo shoot. He's yes. like, oh, you can keep that. But it's actually the real. It's actually real jewelry. It's not glass. It's diamonds. Oh yeah. Okay. So they can easily make it. Yeah. I, I flip flop that. I see. Yeah, what you're yeah. Saying. Yeah. And so somehow when they get back, he switches it back, so they don't know or something like that. Yeah. He's smuggling money in via jewelry. But yeah, basically, so that what he can do is he can take the the real jewelry, turn that into cash, and then skim skim a little bit of cash right. off the top for himself yeah, and put his he... monies his monies in his uh swiss bank account yeah or and one's in the cayman Islands. Or, or that's what it was the K- he had an account in the cayman islands yeah so michael decides that he's gonna snoop around the next big party that bernie's oh. throwing oh but bernie's not before parties. this weird elongated take of devin alone in the foundation <laughs> office and greg what is he What's he doing? It's, he, it's he's, amazing. He's enjoying some tea, which I can only imagine is Earl Grey. It uh, has to be. has to be. And he's just he takes a sip. He's like grumpy. This whole scene with Michael, he's grumpy. Yeah. He takes a sip, and you can see his eyes light up, and he kind of relaxes. And it, there's a big smile that comes across his face it was just, it as was he looks at his tea. Unnecessary, but I think we needed that because I just i'll watch him do anything so just that half smile before it cuts to the party but it tells so much about Devin. oh absolutely he can be calmed yeah by a nice sip of tea cup of tea well let's say that it wasn't tea let's say it was something else bourbon could have been just straight bourbon (laughs) what it could have just been like uh kombucha okay also there's one thing i hate more than anything in television shows Mm. and it's when People drink from empty cups. Yeah. He was very clearly drinking from an empty teacup, and it pissed me off. <laughs> I hate it. I hate well, that. Well, we can only tell now on your giant 57-inch television. At 65, but who's counting? All right, that's, that's fine. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, so if it just if it wasn't tea, what was he drinking? It was bourbon, you think? I think it was straight bourbon. You think it was straight bourbon? Oh, absolutely. What do you think it was? Bubble tea? Oh, God. <laughs> that's so gross. <laughs> you just suck at the bubble. Yeah, it's so awful. <laughs> oh, you made me... Oh, I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Gross. Okay, let's go to the party, shall we? Yes. So we go to the party, and and Kid is commenting again on how Michael looks so good in a tux. He does, and I was thinking, I'm like, damn, Michael looks good. He looks fly. He really does. That is the exact word, David. It's not pretty fly for a Mike guy. For a Mike guy. Pretty fly for a Mike guy. Oh, Dave's an idiot. So we see the producer again, and there's another great moment where she was like. So, Mr. Knight, mm-hmm. yes, I find it very interesting that I did some research on you and have come to find out that, as of two years ago, you didn't exist. <laughs> and Michael goes, ha, 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 could have fooled me, and, and then le- turns and leaves. <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> and, I love it. And she's just, like, holding a glass of wine. It's like, ha. Huh. And she leaves, too. Like, that conversation's <laughs> and over. That, and there's that great scene of him, like, walking up the stairs, and he's smiling, and then he just drops the smile and turns and walks the other he goes way. goes somewhere else and breaks into <laughs> someone off- someone's office. So that's the whole thing, is Michael's trying to find this jewelry. So, you know, I'm sure Kit scanned and found yeah. that there was traces of jewelry yeah. in some office. And but so the he- other thing, I'm just going to, and this is going to come in later again, 
Michael's po- posing as uh, what's her name? Rebecca's Rachel's girlfriend. Ra- uh, Lauren's Rachel's Lauren's, the dead one. La- <laughs> Lauren's yeah. girlfriend. Lauren's girl. Lauren's boyfriend. Michael. <laughs> I just said Lauren's yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> Michael's <laughs> okay. posing as Lauren's boyfriend. Yes, under his. His real fake name. Right. And so so she could actually do research on Michael Knight and discover that he's only existed for two years. Right. Which is another moment where you mentioned that we, we still get a timeline. So mm-hmm. we know it's been it's still been about two years since the series premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're all using their real names. And we again, <laughs> we'll get to that in a couple minutes because Devin and April do it too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he's trying to be undercover but doesn't have a backstory. No. Just appears. Michael McGillicuddy. That's, he could have just used that last name. Yeah, and why, with the foundation and all of its power, can't they come up with a fake, like, have this whole deep bench of fake identities? What's the, oh no, actually, MacGyver created that, the Dexter character. Oh, Dexter Dexter, Dexter, Milhouse? Dexter Dexter Mil, no. Dexter Milhouse? Is that what it was? Dexter Longbottom? MacGyver, like, you got the sense that MacGyver had been using that alter ego yeah for other things like that's know? the other th- that's part of it michael knight has no alter ego it's dexter just fillmore dexter fillmore okay yes no michael knight's alter ego is michael knight right there's no second he doesn't have these fake backstories exactly <laughs> man yeah like and i think like and, you know and of course macgyver really heavily fell on like you know, what was the episode where he pretended to be the guy, he had the prosthesis on, he had the face, he had the, the giant, the rubber mask, it was <laughs> yeah. literally just, yeah. Like, I don't so remember, MacGyver yeah. was big on these disguises. Yeah. Michael doesn't need disguises. Michael doesn't do anything. Well, I was going to say something that made a lot of sense, but I forgot. Oh yeah, what if Michael, just to confuse, what if the writers, to confuse everybody, had Michael Knight dress up as Garth Knight? Oh my god! So Michael Knight. Oh man! Michael Knight's alter ego is his actual, not real half brother, Garth Knight. <sighs> yeah, mind blown. So much to so much to unpack there, but let's wait to the next Garth episode because I think there is one more this season. I believe so. Um, mm. so he breaks into the office and he has Mike. He has Kit like scan, but like Michael, like he's got the watch up as like the scanner, which I think is interesting because like Kit's very easily been able to scan any room. He's like Mike. He's like Kit. Help me find the safe. He's got like the bi- he's got the bicep arm. He's got the flexed arm, and he's just like, scanning it around. And so he finds it like in the back corner of the office, and again. We've seen Kit use this like EMP, like the pulse, to like short out electronics. He's been able to like decode combination locks on his own, mm-hmm. but yet he has Michael do the lock himself. Right. Kit's like, or Michael says, Kit, I need a little help here. He's like, okay, Michael, go right. 37. There you go. That's back left again. Okay, 32. You know, Kit's. Kit's figuring out the combination, but Michael's physically doing it. But if you remember a couple episodes ago, Kit opened the combination lock himself from like, Oh, several yeah. blocks away. Yeah. So he just and so he has Michael just open it himself. Michael pulls out the jewelry and on the jewelry there's a couple of tags. One of them says Mexico City. I don't that one of them was another another city out of the country. So he takes a couple of pictures and as he's getting ready to leave the door opens and these two creep bags come in and they're like silently dancing with each other in the dark and Michael's forced to hide in a closet. Have you I, I'm just backing up. I yes. was never like a party person high school parties even fancy no, parties whatever have you ever been to a party where where guests have gone off into like the host's private study to have sex no nope. i don't know i mean how i guess the, that I mean, happens in every movie yeah no and these people are just like and there's no music you can't even hear it through the door and they're just like humming and just like slow dancing in the dark mm. and i'm just like what is happening they, they start to get comfortable on the couch and michael radios to kit and says uh Michael, I'm or kid, I'm I'm st- I'm stuck in the closet. Michael, are they holding you hostage? No, I'm 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 stuck. I need you to create a diversion to get me out of here. Yeah. So Kit uses his unknown telekinesis. Yeah, I uh, want. So he does what we see. He turns a light on, mm-hmm. freaks the guy out. Guy shuts the light back off. Then there's this like ceramic cat or a horse, well, some some sort of ceramic animal on a table, shaking it, and moving Kit's it around, just like moving back and forth, like an inch back and forth. How is he able to do that? Is it magnetized? I don't like, know. What does he do? But so, what we don't see is that the line of sight between that little item that Kit's moving is getting like heavily irradiated <laughs> and is like getting hot and starting to burn. <laughs> some little some little like dog walks between it and just bursts into flames. 
<laughs> it's just ridiculous. And like the scene goes on forever because it's like it cuts to Michael like peering through the closet door and then it cuts back and Kit turns on the overhead lights and then he turns them off and then he starts like wiggling a door handle back and forth. And the guy says like poltergeist and they both leave. The and they bail. Yeah. And that's enough for Michael to get out and he leaves. But that's kind of like all we don't see him leave. That's just like the end of the scene. The two run out. And the right. guy, the murderer guy that's kind of like stalking around out there that's kind of the henchman of the producer is in the hallway. And these two come out basically, you know, setting his mind at ease that Michael's not in there. But then the scene ends. Like, Michael doesn't – we don't really see anything after that. Right. It's kind of done. Right. So Michael, you know, he, he still needs proof mm. that Bernie is behind this, like, bait and switch that he's pulling with all of the models. Uh, and he, he has this sneaking suspicion that maybe Rachel and Chris – we're getting a little bit too close to Bernie finding out, which is why he was murdered, but he still needs to kind of right. prove that that actually happened. I th- yeah, she got murdered like he's thinking by accident, but not, you know, she she wasn't doing anything the wrong, but was getting, figuring stuff out. Yes. Yeah. As we've seen a thousand times in these shows, she was getting a little too close. Mm-hmm. And the guy had to figure, had to take matters into their, into had his own Had to take hand. care of his he shit. He had to take care of his shit. So... We find out, so he goes back to Lauren's apartment, and on the mirror in Lauren's apartment, written in lipstick, it just says something about being in Mexico City, hurry. Yeah, okay. okay. So, Michael's... I mean, I'm guessing Lauren wrote that, because, sure, why not? I would imagine that Lauren wrote that. So, Lauren has been taken, not taken, but... The next photo shoots in Mexico City, and Mm -hmm. that's where... So, April and Devin and Michael figure out that that's where the next jewel switch mm-hmm. is going to be done so they're going to have to go down to mexico city and kind of come up with a plan yeah. to catch bernie in mm-hmm. the act and then kit goes oh i'm not going anywhere so this is the first time we find that kit is scared shitless of flying right like completely scared but Devin shitless. and michael are like kit you've never flown before and he's like well, well, Michael, just because you know, like it's like you cannot like dog bites, even though if you've never been bitten by a dog. Right. And I'm just like, so this goes into the whole thing about Kit is Kit can now be anxious. Yeah. As a computer, Kit is getting anxious about things. About flying. It doesn't make sense. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, and I we've talked about MacGyver a lot, but I'm like, MacGyver can literally launch a red convertible out of the back of a plane with a parachute. Uh-huh. And make out with a with and a make passenger. out with a woman as they're floating down. <laughs> but Kit literally Kit can't just like drive into a plane and fly. He doesn't have to like fly out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just has to fly to Mexico City. I think Kit would feel a lot better if he could l- tie into the plane and fly the plane himself. Oh, you're then probably, he would do. You're it. probably right because he said he said Michael, if cars were meant to fly, they would have been built with wings. And Michael's like, whatever. Yeah, okay, <laughs> like, just oh, get, whatever. In the, get in the fucking Get plane. in the damn cargo hold kit. So the idea is is that Devin is going to pose as a buyer for mm. the diamonds. And they're going to use that to kind of catch Mitchell with enough evidence to potentially cool. bring him down. Like Devin's, Devin's going to uh, come up with a persona and like a different name. He's like done a, it a couple a, times like this season. Like a backstory. Like he's going to come up. He's going to be like a, a buyer from someplace and like a whole backstory of like who this buyer is and what he's done. Yeah. And his, connector, his connections. So we, we, we get to the party where, where Bernie's there and Michael's there and they introduce each other and Bernie goes, ah, Senor Miles. What? Uh-huh. You're going by your real name, and and then we see April for the first time this episode, who's who's also introduced herself as 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 April, mm-hmm. using their real names in Mexico City to try to catch a jewel thief, and already mm. and already the uh, the criminal organization that woman has done a background check on Michael and found out he's only two years old, right? And so it should be pretty damn easy to figure out that Devin Miles is the head of the the uh, Foundation for Law and Government. One would think, mm. right? So Bernie's there, and he's trying to like he's trying to sort of suss out the situation. He's like, so he, he says, "Oh, I'm sorry." So he, he he goes to make a phone call to basically try to prove that well, Devin Michael brought Michael and Devin brought letters of introduction from supposedly a friend of the Devin character, whoever the hell Devin is. Proving their their worth or proving right. their validity, and he rips like Bernie rips up the letters. He's like mm-hmm. these letters mean nothing to me. I they can to... be forged, but phone calls can't. So right, let me call him. Let me call this guy. And so Michael, in the middle of the meeting room, gets on the phone, gets on his watch, and goes like, uh, "Kid, I need you to intercept that call and pretend to be a Spanish guy." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, and Kid's like, "I hope my Spanish is good." 
Well, now when I thought he was going to talk in Spanish, but instead he did like the the character I like the characterization of like the stereotypical Spanish accent. Yeah. Hola, señor. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no. Oh my god, it was crazy. Man, what are you doing? But you think that? I mean, here's the thing. So I guess April didn't have time to load up, you know, Rosetta Stone and Kit. <laughs> Or whatever. Right. Because Kit should speak flawless Spanish. Right. Well, it's just funny because a couple episodes ago, he remember the episode where he kept talking about how much he hates the gypsies? <laughs> and he's like, yes. I hate the language. He's like, their dialect sucks. He's like, I hate all this. <laughs> but then just, yeah, not fluent Spanish. It's more of a, oh, yes, of course, sir. I, I, I'm going to have lunch with Senor Miles later. I know, right? And Bernie's like, oh, that's good enough for me. And he hangs up the phone. I'm like, yeah. you didn't want to just be like, hey, take me to lunch with you. But or, like, it's great. No? Devin couldn't hear that side of the conversation. So he goes, "Why? Well, my apologies, Mr. Miles. Pardon? What? Yeah. What? What? Oh, your, your friend your friend says he's having dinner with you later tonight. Oh. Oh, right. yes, yes. Of course. Yes. Of course. Right. That's of course he is. is. Yes. Of course he is. Of course we are having dinner. And that's the only scene we get in Mexico City because we immediately cut back to Los Angeles. All over the place. What? Because they all, the only, like, it's like they only do this because then we get the scene where Michael's like, uh, uh, Devin, uh, Kit's stuck in customs and we can't get out of the city. Well, let's talk about the Mexico City, uh, uh the interspersed old footage oh from like 19, the 70s or the 60s. Oh, oh, it was bad. Badly cut together. Well, it was cut together, but the cars were different years and like the, it's just the quality of the film was different. Oh, it was awful. It's just all over the place. It was Anywho, there's just that. terrible. Well, yeah, then Kit gets stuck in U.S. customs. Yeah. And is like getting prodded and, and, and ex- inspected. And that basically like Michael's like, I'm stuck. I can't do anything. And, and Devin's like, just a moment. And he he puts down the phone and calls up. He's like, "Yes, get get me so and so, officer so and so in customs." In customs, uh, which customs? What border? Canada border? Like, there's. It's like MacGyver calling, like, "Hey, FAA." Oh, the, yeah. That's what I was just gonna say the FAA. He's like, "Yeah, yeah give me the FAA." This is my oh. override. Oh, all right. Number. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. De- Devin Miles, get me call. customs. Get me customs. Okay. <laughs> Hello, my dad had a photo. Uh, uh, um, uh, a poster on the wall in his office and in our house for many years, and he he worked. He helped put. He uh, pretty much started like the N- NYU uh, newspaper. Yeah, and so he you know loved he loved the news industry, the print industry, and all that sort of thing. So he had this old old you know old timey uh, news reporter on the wall, unlike the old crank telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hunt. Hey, sweetheart, get me rewrite. You know, like rewrite. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta fix my my thing. But yeah. that's the same thing with Devin Miles. Hey, yeah, get me customs. Yeah. Uh, uh, get me, get me the law. Yeah, yeah. Get, hey, U.S. government. Yeah, get me, yeah. get me the law. I want to talk to the U.S. government. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Let me put you right through. Uh, could you pretend to be the U.S. government? <laughs> uh, U.S. government. <laughs> yeah. What? So, so somehow he gets through the customs. He pulls a few strings and he gets Michael across the border to tie to tie all of the 1980s into one big bundle maybe please do maybe this universe only has these single departments that are run by like one person R- probably so they can they do. faa it's bob it's bob at the faa he he manages all of it you you want us customs oh yeah you talk to spencer he takes care of us customs yeah 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 Unbelievable. Oh, and the other thing I love that Kit says is once he gets back over the border and he's complaining, he goes, well, they went over with a fine-tooth comb and they wouldn't take no for an answer. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, Kit. Because <laughs> you, you wouldn't let them in you. Right. <laughs> God, it's just it, I, it's I don't, so I don't know. It's hysterical. And I think it's also funny that you know the foundation would go through customs. Oh, they're, or, they're or above the law. Would would arrive at the airport and have to queue up and go through customs as opposed to arrive at the airport and kind of get preferential treatment and ducked around. Right, right. Do you think the president of the United States has to go through customs? Probably, I guess. I I would imagine so. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Obama, uh, do you have anything to declare, sir? Who was the president in 84? Was it Reagan? I think so. Yeah. So I bet Reagan would have to go through customs. Ronald Reagan, the actor? Ha! (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Bernie basically calls Lauren out about knowing this entire plan. Bitch, I know what you're doing. And it comes out that Bernie put a hit on Rachel and Chris for knowing too much. Right. So naturally, he kidnaps Lauren. <laughs> yeah, he, where he could have just, you know, snuffed her out in her apartment. Right. They were alone. But no, no. Let's get into the car and drive all the way across town to my place. Right. 
perfect timing too, by the way, because as soon as Bernie and Lauren pull out, there's Kit right behind them. Made it through customs, <laughs> drove all the way across Los Angeles from LAX to your house up in the hills. Yep. We're fine. It only took us five and a half hours to go 20 miles. No, it was perfect timing. It was great. So Bernie pulls into his mansion, gets mm. out, and they kind of start there. And then Michael just like puts on the turbo blasts through the front gate like obliterates the front gates michael knight's here he doesn't say that but that's what i'm thinking yeah that's what he probably did well he probably did because the next thing we know he goes and he kicks the front door in which is like four inch thick oak oh yeah he just kicks it in boom brutalized it and this just great scene where he walks in and he kind of like goes over the whole plan again about how they took the money Mm -hmm. but it's the slow the camera slowly follows michael as michael is slowly walking down the hall towards bernie who's standing in the doorway to his office Mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool little scene i thought it was a really well done scene it's kind of like uh you know the high noon kind of showdown yeah it was great i mean that was fun and of course right at the end uh the 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 muscle guy the the gunman from before yeah Shows up, puts a gun on Michael's back, and like, ah, oh, Michael's got nothing. Right. Except that Michael's got an ace in the hole because as they were driving over to Bernie's mansion, he asks Kit to go ahead and tell him everything he knows about banking. <laughs> right. Electronic banking. <laughs> Electronic banking. So Michael says to Bernie, he's like, oh, oh, Bernie, you're leaving the country in an hour? Well, how are you going to do that with no money? Yeah. He goes, what are you talking about? I've got all the money in the world. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure. Why don't you go ahead and check those bank accounts for me there, big guy? Yeah, what are you talking about? Just go ahead and do that for me. Go log into your computer and check your bank account. Why don't you do that for me, huh? So he goes in, he logs in, and co- pulls up his account, and there's $1 in his account. And then the guy goes, what is this? This is, this is crazy. It's only a dollar in my account. And Michael's like, yeah, you can be one of those people who go to the Grand Cayman Islands. You can write a book on spending a dollar a day. It'll be great. Like, Michael's just, like, shoving it right in this guy's face. I know, and basically we we figured out, you know, that Kit hacked into his account and transferred all the money out which he can do apparently uh-huh. kit can do that too because that's not stealing nope we'll come back to that yeah okay in about five minutes so bernie basically he runs he tries to run and the producer has pulled a gun on lauren mm-hmm. opens fire on michael in what is the longest we commented on <laughs> the longest hallway i have ever seen so she points the gun at michael pulls the trigger the camera cuts to Michael diving out of the way. Then the bullet hits the but statue a behind. a good two seconds after the shot. So it was probably like, what? How many? How far would that bullet have had to travel so for it to hit two seconds? It was a small pistol. Let's say it was probably doing <laughs> seven to 800 feet per second. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't know. A what, mile? No. <laughs> seven Probably... Probably like a thousand feet, maybe. I was just hysterical. Twelve hundred feet. The delay after he dives, and then you see the bam, the the puff, ping. It's like (laughs) what? It was great. Like a giant. It's a giant hallway. Yeah, it was amazing. She had to like aim up at the ceiling to get the bullet to arc. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Bernie tries (laughs) to leave, and Kit has stopped himself, or Kit has basically stops him. So there's like a big. It's like a. It's like a half circle driveway yeah so bernie tries to pull out one way and kit backs up and michael just pulls up and he's like he's like waving goofily so bernie tries to back up the other way around the other side and michael pulls it's up like monkey him. in the middle with one yes car. Like, and every time meow, meow, and every meow. time like kit and michael pull up in front of bernie there's just a close-up of michael like waving it there you go <laughs> hey bernie, bernie i got you again oh i got you oh, look i'm here too oh i got you again yeah so the last thing that before we see this happen is that kit basically just like purges oil which we haven't seen in a while he like purges the oil, oil out of slick. the oil slick out of the back of the car mm-hmm. drives away as bernie starts to drive he's not gone more than three or four miles an hour right but somehow it's like the billy madison thing with the with the banana peel yeah yeah just like <laughs> slips over ends up out of nowhere going down a giant dirt hill into a pool uh, yep that's right and that's the last we see of bernie yeah, as his car slowly sinks in the pool and he drowns a terrible death. I mean, that would have been at least closure. <laughs> I know, we right? We don't get any closure because we cut. We come back for the finale of the episode and there's movers. They're moving everything out. So basically the government or the you know law but, enforcement or... But out of what's... Uh, not Dead Girl's apartment. Rachel. Rachel's apartment. Or Lauren's, Lauren's apartment. A, Lauren's apartment. Yeah. Moving out of... I guess it was Lauren and Rachel's apartment. Was it? Because they said when we... She's like, when we moved in here. Oh, you're so right. I'm just so confused because there's Lauren, Rachel, and then her, Rachel's dead boyfriend. Yeah. 
but they're two apartments. I was just thoroughly confused. Okay, so they're moving everything out, and so you know the government seized all of uh, all of Bernie's stuff. We assume Bernie's in prison. We get no closure on the money. Where'd that money go? I don't know. I don't even know if uh, Kit disclosed what he did with it. We don't know what we don't know what Kit did with or it. Or maybe, maybe, maybe. Let's say maybe Kit just changed the numbers. The money still exists, but he changed the number. Do you think this is how the Foundation for Law and Government makes their money? By just seizing you think it. Kit from... just like su- not so subtly just like steals the money. But that's like and that's not even like locking or a bank account or freezing assets. That's stealing money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kids. From another gut from another country, essentially. Right. So let's do we want to assume that they did the right thing and returned the stolen money to the rightful place? I don't know. Or do we just assume that Kit's like locked it away somewhere for future use? I think it I think it's put <laughs> I think it's put in in a in, in a in an account that doesn't make interest. It's just locked away. All right. It's like the Gringotts bank. Yeah. All right. Fine. It's just there it is. Let's just call it let's call it that. It goes to Gringotts. <laughs> um so the episode basically ends with Michael and Lauren making out heavily before she was like, well, how am I going to you know, there, there's some comment about like them seeing each other again, mm-hmm. which we probably know isn't true. Well, he says, yeah, of course we'll see each other again unless you change your name and move to Japan or something. Oh, that's like right. That. So she clearly changed her name and moved to Okinawa that's because I don't believe we ever see her again. Yeah, it's fine. And that's where we end the episode. I liked it. I did too. I had a lot of fun with it, and I don't know if it's because of how we've started watching them, where we watch them right before we. I think record. I it. think that we've just you know realized that they are what they are, and we can't tart yeah. these up to be anything more. Or or and we also as hosts of this show, yeah, can't be more than this, right? <laughs> well, it's interesting because Bill brought up a couple weeks ago. We were talking on on Facebook, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but he had actually asked at one point, like, so where does the show go from here? Like, and we, we kind of talked about it. Like, as I said to him, like, yeah, so we've seen Kit lose his memory. Mm-hmm. We've seen Michael lose his memory. We've seen Kit be transferred into another uh, item, you know? Ooh, when do you think we'll see Michael get transferred into, like, Bonnie? <laughs> That's where it's going to end up going. You think Bonnie and Michael will switch bodies? I don't know. And so it's just like, where do we go from here? Because we've seen, we feel like we've seen it all. We're like, are we starting now at season two where like we're yeah. getting into season seven MacGyver shit or it's like, like it's going to have to get more and more outrageous because you, you it's going to have to you blew your load right in the beginning. Like you yeah. had all these big character building moments. Right. Too early. White bird in a, <laughs> in a golden, golden cage. cage. Anyway, it just got me thinking like, really, though, like where else could we go with this show? And you said space. I said space. I, th- I absolutely want to see Kit go on a, on a space trip with HAL 9000. It's poor to HAL. That's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to land this episode with, and I don't have my rating system up in front of me, so you, I can't. You don't remember it? I don't. No, I haven't remembered it since the day we implemented it. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Let's see. We have, we have, uh, we have belt buckle, turtleneck. Uh, we're missing something. A perm, a perm. Yep. A leather jacket and uh, no perm. Perm was the first one. Perm is one. Belt buckle is two. Red turtleneck is three. Um, alf. Uh, 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 alf? Uh, no, leather jacket is four, and a turbo boost is. Five. Oh, a Trans Am. Trans Am is five. Okay, so I'm gonna go with a turtleneck plus a turbo boost. Okay, I'm gonna go with a turtleneck plus a turbo boost. So we're landing both at three and a half. Yeah, it was good. I had fun with it. I it was, did. It was it was terrible, but it was also really fun. I think I was also enjoying it because halfway through, Kristen and the girls got home, and Kristen uh. was in the kitchen and just overhearing it and just making her own comments in the. So did he just say this? Yes, 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 yes he did. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit myself at a three and a half. It was it was a solid little episode, but I think we've just accepted that this is where the show's gonna be from now on. Do you want to do? I I have a who's more likely, like a real one this time because I flaked out on last time. Oh yeah, okay. So I have new ones. Oh, okay? I'm excited. What's this? So the first question I've got for you is mm. who's more likely to be a bad actor, Devin mm. or Michael? Oh man, mm-hmm. I think they're both bad. Like I think Devin's bad because he would legitimately be a bad actor, but Michael's a bad actor because he's always Michael. You don't think Devin would like land on his like, well, I did summer stock for forty years. Um, I would <laughs> say, tr- 
when it comes down to acting chops, yeah. to trying to act, I think Devin would be worse than Michael mm-hmm. because Michael doesn't act. He's always Michael no matter what he's doing. That's a you know what? I like that. <laughs> I like that. I think Devin would Devin would be the method actor. Yes. Where he would really just throw himself and immerse himself into this role mm-hmm. to the to the best of his abilities, whereas Michael would just every review that comes out is like, and Michael Knight for well it's Michael Knight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he does he doesn't act. He's just Michael Knight. Right. Yeah. I think Devin I think Michael is likely to be the bad actor. Oh, I was saying Devin. You say Devin's gonna I was be saying the bad De- because my argument is that Devin's actually trying to act, but he's still not quite n- nailing it. But Michael just isn't acting, so he does. does so you that think? Make sense? So you think by default because Michael isn't acting, it's still good because he can't act. He okay. just doesn't act. All right, I like Devin's you- trying to act, but it's still Devin. Okay, but he's trying to be somebody else. But Michael isn't trying to be anyone else because he just doesn't act like anybody else. All right, so I'm going to give the edge to Michael as the bad actor for the exact same reasons that you just said. Uh-huh. Because I think when things are s- said about Devin, his reviews will say something along the lines of, well, at least he's trying. Yeah, <laughs> or at least he went to Juilliard. At least, he, Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to say Michael, All right. but you're going with Devin. All right. Who's more likely to love orgasms, Michael or Garth? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the question is whose? Who, oh, like uh, their own or someone else's? Oh no, it's their own. Like, oh, who, who, who is more likely to love their own level of climax? <laughs> Who's the most into self-love? Garth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. In, in the sleeper cab of Goliath. <laughs> oh, Dave nearly fell out of his chair. Who's more into their own orgasms? Jesus. Who's more into... Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> Who's really into edging? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Who is it, Greg? Oh, my God. I, I, I almost want to say Michael. You think Michael I is more into it? I I get, I don't know. Man, this is creepy. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't either. That's okay. This is creepy. Garth? Garth and, and Goliath sleeper cab. Garth and Goliath sleeper cab <laughs> with your freaking wolf sound. <laughs> That's it. It's okay. So we're both going to say I, Garth. I'm going to. I'm going to. I don't want to answer that. Well, it's going to be Garth. So get a grip. <laughs> no, Garth got a grip. <laughs> All right, Greg. You want to hear what's coming up next episode? Where's Garth? Oh, he's been in Goliath for the past four hours. <laughs> So, next episode is Season 2, Episode 15, White Line Warriors. I I really want this to be about cocaine. Michael and Kit investigate a series of robberies on the seafront, which are being blamed on a gang of teenage hot rodders, the Weekend Warriors. I don't want to watch it. Teenage hot... Well, we're going to watch it together. Oh, it's going to be great then. So, it will ideally and inevitably be well worth our time. So, Gregory... David. Do you have any closing thoughts before we say good evening? Um, uh, I This one was a weird one. Yeah, it was a weird one. Uh, is that all you had to say and to me? And this episode in general is a weird one. We said some weird shit in this one, man. Yeah, things got off the rails, but I think I'm okay with it. I really think I'm okay with it. So It's fine. Um, anyway, for the Knight Rider years, I am Dr. Thelonious Beef Nugget. I am 600 cassettes of Rosetta Stone in Kit's trunk. Ooh, I like it. All right, everybody, have a fantastic week. There's no reason for increased volume. There you have it loyal listener a fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting hard work consistent output and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord tune in again next week to see what timeless gem i dust off for your listening pleasure seriously i need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning it's filthy
Hello, greetings, and good day. My name is Keith Gala, and I'm the host of That Was Great, Wasn't It? Each week, I'll be joined by my friends, both old and new, to reminisce on our youth via the nostalgic power of Saturday morning cartoons. Some will be classics, some will be classical air quotes, but all will have us pondering the same philosophical conundrum. That was great, wasn't it? Season 1 will be breaking down Pro Stars. Pro Stars is part of NBC's 1991 Saturday morning lineup, and feature the all-time greats of Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky doing their best to stop bad guys, inspire the youth, and protect the environment. Keep up the speed with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram at How Great Was That? Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.